Good to have you along. I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore this week. He'll be back on Monday. Joining me now, CTV public safety analyst, former OPP commissioner, Chris Lewis. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. The SIU has issued a report in the shooting death of two police officers in Simcoe County. Let's go back, though, to the incident first and get that on the table. Chris, give us the thumbnail version of what took place. Yeah, sure, Jerry. It was the early evening uh, when it occurred, and initially the lady called into the communication center and said that this individual, and of course now deceased, uh, had was uh, acting up. There were some issues. He'd broken her glasses and punched a hole in the wall, and she wanted him out of the house. Of course, the radio operator asked about guns. It's a little unclear in the report what the, whether the guns had been used was asked or if there was guns in the house. But regardless, three officers attended um, and talked to the lady. Two of them went downstairs to talk to this man. Um, and the third officer stayed with the lady and then heard the gunshots. And subsequently, the shootout occurred. Uh, the two officers that were killed never even had their guns withdrawn, so they weren't uh, expecting firearms, obviously, or they wouldn't have gone downstairs. They called the tactical team in. But anyway, they went down to talk to him, and he opened fire on them. He was wearing a vest with armor plating in it. And the third officer fired some shots at him, uh, and, but uh, he actually killed himself, uh, took his own life with the uh, with the high-powered rifle that he had. And, of course, the SIU and, and millions of others followed. Just a terrible situation. Well, uh, it's my understanding, maybe I'm wrong on this, Chris, were the police not told there were no weapons in the house? Well, it, 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 reading the... Uh, uh, the summary of the radio call, it, it's tough to, to tell. It looks like the dispatcher said, we're, if guns were involved, and the lady said no. Well, that's different than there being guns in the house. Yeah. But then it's it summarized that there was fo- a follow-up discussions about guns, but it doesn't really give the wording of what was said. So you can only assume the, you know, the question was asked if there was guns in the home or not, because that would have made a huge difference if they thought they are going downstairs to a guy that had a gun. Well, and I don't know that anybody wants police officers when responding to there's trouble at a house at such and such a location and they're going to come in through the door with their guns out in front of them uh, as though they're about to be shot. I mean, that that would be, if I called because there was trouble at my house, somebody came over and I couldn't get them out of the house, I don't want to see cops coming in that way. Exactly. And had they thought that he was down there with guns that had her come out and they would have just contained the house and started a conversation with him through the phone or whatever means to get him to come out uh, unarmed as opposed to going into a basement. That's the worst case scenario. Um, even with guns drawn. I mean, your whole body's exposed going down a staircase before you can even see a suspect unless you crawl down your belly. And so it's a very dangerous situation. They had to call the tactical team in. These are experienced officers. So what is the purpose of an SIU investigation in this case? Is it whenever the police pull a trigger, then there's going to be an investigation? Yeah, whenever the police use force that results in serious bodily harm or death, like a broken limb or, you know, uh, or death, um, then ultimately... Um, the SI, you have to investigate that for transparency purposes. And, and that's wonderful. Uh, the, the, um, in this case, the officer fired his gun 
Um, but the suspect took his own life. But until that's all investigated, uh, nobody really knows for sure. So that's the SIU's role to see, did the officer act lawfully? And, and what was the cause of death and all the things related to that? One of the things that came out of this, Chris Lewis, is the agency reports that this individual, Doncaster, was known to police. And in fact, they had gone there and removed him from that house before. Exactly. Yeah, he, he, it sounds like he was a troubled individual, obviously. Um, and I, I, it's tough to, and I only quickly skimmed it before the call this morning, Jerry, but my, my sense is that they certainly didn't expect there was guns in any way, as you and I discussed, um, or that would have been a whole different uh, call. Um, but, you, you know, you have those calls that there's, you know, this guy's always a pain and you go and arrest him and take him out of the house and here he is back again. So let's go get him again. And of course, this time he was ready waiting. He even had uh, ballistic armor on or, or metal plated armor uh, so that's, uh, you know, just a worst case scenario. Yeah, the police encountered something they hadn't experienced before. The fact that he was known to police and they had removed him before strikes me as really important because I'm thinking that the police might have, and you tell me if I'm wrong, um, Chris Lewis, but it might have been a kind of a, oh, we got to go get that guy again. Well, and it may well have been, and obviously we're just guessing. But I, I remember that scenario myself, that we're, we're going to get Billy again. You know, okay, we'll lock him up, and he'll be released in a day or two, or, you know. And so if, in fact, they didn't suspect guns, which obviously they didn't, then, okay, we're going to go and probably have to fight and arrest Billy again. Yeah, um, well, there are those guys, right, that uh, <laughs> they are they're yeah, known well, to police for a reason. And in, in your experience, many years as a police officer, I guess I'm hearing from you that there were those situations where we got to go get Billy again because you've arrested Billy four or five times before. But, but it, it was never that much trouble. You just had to go get him. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I, I was a tactical officer, too. I was a member of the Tactics and Rescue Unit for years. And, and we certainly went to calls where officers were outside the house and said he's in there uh, you know he's got a knife or or a gun or whatever uh or we're not sure so then you have to obviously be very careful how you approach it um and then in those cases we'd end up making the rest either by usually by getting him to come out as opposed to having to go in but well occasionally we had to go in I, I just uh, am reminded of something that happened when I lived in Tucson, Arizona. We had a young man working for us in promotions. He'd been in the military and, uh, you know, from all appearances, I mean, he did a nice job in promotions. He was a pleasant young man to deal with. And then we heard that he wasn't coming back because there had been a horrible incident. He was barricaded in a house for some reason. And police look at who are we dealing with here? And they suddenly realized we're dealing with a man who, according to his military record, can hit a target from 800 yards. Yeah, we're not going in. And they fired something through the window, flares or flashes or whatever it was, set the house on fire. I, and, and finally, the guy came out, and I guess they arrested him and uh, took him off somewhere, and we never saw him again. But you never know. What yeah. you're gonna, you just don't know what you're going to deal with, do you? No, you, you really don't. And, and, and here in you know, lies the issue of the young uh, dead officer in Haldeman Norfolk from the OPP. I mean, you know, he went to a car in the ditch. You go to hundreds of cars in the ditch. You do not expect that when you walk up to see, are you okay? Everything all right? 
you know, have you called a tow truck yet? You don't expect you're going to be under fire. Uh, and, and so th- this is, I've always said, you've heard me say it, tactical teams that, you know, they face a lot of danger, but they do it as 12 guys generally, and they go in with heavy equipment, and they know what they're getting into. But the average call, you're going to the house for something, or you're going to a, a car in the ditch, uh, you really don't know what's going to happen next. And that's where the danger really lies. I don't know if we know from this story, maybe you know, whether he was a legal firearm owner, and I'm not sure that all of the body armor is legal. I don't, yeah, I don't know uh, whether he's a licensed fire, firearms owner. I don't recall, and I don't think I saw that in the report that I scanned. Uh, the body armor, I mean, you can have body armor. There's nothing illegal about it. It's uh, the act of, of, you know, doing something and ultimately then wearing it that becomes part of the evidence. But ultimately, uh, just having it, you could wear it, you could wear it every day at the studio if you wanted to. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I might start. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've had that thought myself. You know, I, I guess people will also say, well, you can't have burglar tools. No, you can have lock picking equipment. You can buy little test kits with a, a clear padlock so you can see through so that you can learn how to do it. It's what you use it for, isn't it? It is for sure. I mean, and, and you can have big, powerful drills and grinders and, and all sorts of jaws of life equipment. But if you're running around with it in the middle of the night, you know, outside a store that, you know, uh, that you're going to tend to break into, then it becomes the possession of safe breaking tools. So you're right. It's not the equipment. It's often the circumstances that, uh, that it's found in. Chris Lewis is the former commissioner of the OPP. Thanks. Always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for doing this. You too, Jerry. Have a great day.